Listening to the Amodamar podcast. In this series, Amoda explores her essential teaching through conversation and excerpts from interviews and events. To find out more about events and to sign up for her newsletter, go to www.amodamar.com. Please subscribe, comment, and share if this podcast moves you. And if you feel called to donate, please go to the website. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Uh, greetings, one and all. Uh, welcome back to another podcast with Amoda Ma. My name is Kavi, for those that don't know. It has been a while since we've you know, done one of these podcasts, I think about three weeks. Uh, we have been very busy with all of the attending to uh, events and everything behind the scenes and the courses that we're doing. And uh, so we just haven't had the opportunity to do it. But now we're back. Uh, greetings, Amoda. Greetings, Kavi. <laughs> Excellent. So today we are going to explore relationship, enlightened relationship. Uh, not every aspect of it. We have a we have talked actually about uh, relationship of one in one of the very first podcasts we did. This is not you know it's going to be slightly different. Uh, um, and when you hear the quotes that I've got, you'll understand the context that we're going to be talking about about this enlightenedness of a relationship maybe it's a nicer way to say it instead of keeping it too elevated but the enlightenedness of a relationship um so let, let's jump straight in without any adieu further adieu these are two quotes from Raina maria rilke the poet um and wisdom speaker first of all he said Love consists of this. Two solitudes that meet, protect and greet each other. And he also said, I hold this to be the highest task of a bond between two people, that each should stand guard over the solitude of the other. So I think the main, you know, word in a way or phrase that jumps out immediately that I'm going to um, throw a, primarily at a moda is the solitude that we're going to unpack a little bit and look at. How is this different? How is this kind of relationship, this enlightenedness, enlightenedness of relationship very different to the conventional understanding of relationship as two halves that come together to complete each other, usually driven by need and a sense of separation, a sense of lack, a sense of, yeah, <laughs> and to put it bluntly, noise. Yeah, the noise of the agitated self that's seeking, yeah, that's seeking somehow completion by the other. I hold this to be the highest task of a bond between two people, that each should stand guard over the solitude of the other, is an extraordinarily beautiful statement that says more than the statement says. It points to something so deeply profound and wise and, and, and 
yeah, that that hopefully we're going to spend the rest of the time talking about what that means. Amoda, what does this mean? What do you what does this mean to you? Yes, there are a number of um, avenues for exploration in that very statement. Um, Let's examine this solitude, what that means. From a conventional standpoint, solitude gives the impression of a kind of loneliness, an aloneness that borders on loneliness. And this is not so attractive (laughs) to be lonely. It's not so enticing. But the, but the, the real meaning of solitude, the real significance of solitude is to know thyself, to know thy true nature, to have gone so far into the innermost that you know who you are as, as the singularity of consciousness <laughs> expressed through this individuation. And that's not a lonely place. That's a deep communion with the true self. It's a deep communica- communion with, let's say, consciousness itself. Um, uh, it, it's it's the, the birthplace or the arising of completeness, wholeness. In that deeper solitude, you are whole. You are not incomplete. You're not half of something. You are complete. Um, in the same sense that consciousness doesn't need anything to complete itself. That that solitude or that discovery is the doorway to an inner silence. Um, You mentioned uh, that perhaps on a more conventional uh, basis, there's a lot of noise in relationship. Yeah. What is that noise? Let's just look at that. Noise is, you know, we're we're constantly badgering somebody (laughs) to fulfill our needs. Yeah. We're constantly criticizing and this can be very subtle. Yeah. We're nagging, criticizing, blaming, uh, uh, needing something, yeah. Um, so we're not in that way. We bring a lot of noise, a lot of agitation, a lot of need, a lot of demand um, into relationship, and there, therein lies the battle of relationship. Yeah, when there's two noisinesses <laughs> trying to meet each other, trying to get their needs met then that's a, that's a, that's a battleground. Um, and there's no, no space in that for a deeper meeting. 
And so to, to know yourself and to, to, to come into a deep silence within yourself and then to move into relationship from that or as that opens up a whole new dimension, a space, a silence in which the real nature of love can be uh, revealed or touched. Yeah, perhaps we'll come to that. But, but, but then, you know, to, to respect that solitude in each other, to protect that solitude in each, in each other is really saying, um, bowing down to true nature, <laughs> bowing down to the sovereignty of the, of the, of the other and of ourselves, bowing down to, um, Respecting, honoring, and listening to the sovereignty or innate intelligence in the other, so that we're not controlling, demanding, wanting them to fit in with our plans, with our desires, with our agendas, and and so on. Again, that's a much deeper, more profound place to meet each other. Yeah, so we're yeah we're not we're not battling for supremacy, if you like, within relationship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, uh, I, I'm I'm reminded, and we were looking for it maybe a little bit earlier. Was that Osho? Um, I don't know exactly what he said. So many things that he would have said about this, but when when two silences meet, true relationship can happen or something i think yeah i think he was that's exactly what he was pointing to i think yeah i think he he yes he said it in various ways and i think one of the phrases was when two silences meet uh true love can blossom true love yes he wouldn't say relationship no i think in in he he would say that um relationship kills love destroys love in other words what he was referring to was the conventional paradigm of relationship in which we need somebody to complete us yes we're looking for our other half we're looking for our soulmate or we're looking for the one who will take care of us until death do us part yeah so we'll stick by each other come what may even if we are controlling demanding manipulating <laughs> so <laughs> and so, so on it, so yeah relationship in that sense is the end of true love in order for real love to flower we must um abandon all yes. concepts of relationship yeah that's a, a, a he he would posit and it seems to me the deeper i've looked at this in in many ways that relationship as as the in the conventional and historic way is actually a, a, an idea <laughs> it's a belief you know and it's born, a belief born out of uh, uh, the uh, you know an unconscious uh, egoic needy needing state uh, exactly as you're pointing to that actually doesn't have anything to do with our intrinsic capacity to be 
solitary, solitary in not in the physical sense, but solitary in the spiritual sense, let's say. The silence, silence and solitude are synonymous. They're both they're both pointing in this in this context to the same thing. So what you're what we're talking about is heading off in a completely different direction from this conventional religious almost belief in in a in a in a happy ever after or till death us do part or all of these kind of you know perennial thoughts and beliefs about relationship yes i mean the contract of marriage on a conventional sense is exactly that a contract <laughs> and in that contract we uh are really in some ways unconsciously signing an agreement um, or making an agreement to bring our agendas, to bring our demands, to bring our needs uh, to be taken care of, to be loved, to be adored, to be um, all of, you know, all of those hidden agendas or not so hidden agendas to provide for each other to yeah to yeah there are many agendas in 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 relationships so it's it's like a contract an unconscious contract and when that contract is unconscious then it's a, a prison a bind yeah um True marriage starts with the marriage within. <laughs> True marriage starts with communion with, or rather through, aloneness, through our essential nature that can only be known through the doorway of aloneness. In other words, going deep within ourselves. Like you said, it's not about necessarily physical aloneness, but knowing our true nature, going deep within ourselves, deep into the core identity, are we a separate self, uh, a limited self, a lacking self, a worthless self, an unloved self, an abandoned self that needs someone to provide that which is lacking on an emotional or a physical level. Yeah, it's all the same. Uh, yeah, so we must go in and through that doorway of aloneness, we come face to face with that core belief. And that uh, can be frightening. It can be uh, revolting. It can be, um, it can be very vulnerable. Um, but through that doorway, we may come to discover that we are none of that. Yeah, they're all false structures, uh, you know, that we create for ourselves. And we might come to know energetically, not intellectually, that we are complete, we are whole, we are not lacking. We are the source of that which we seek. And that's a communion with, or an inner marriage with our God essence, <laughs> our essential self. That's the primary marriage. When we've come to know that, then we don't, uh, we don't foist our demands and agendas on another. Then we can enter 
a dimension of relating that isn't imprisoned by the idea of relationship. True relating, because the truth is, uh, uh, whether we live in solitude or, or not, um, we we operate in this world as human beings that do relate to each other. Yes, yes, yes. So we enter the field of relating. It's not an avoidance of relating, but it is coming into that relating mm. without the boundary or limitation or prison of any idea of relationship. And then relationship isn't a thing anymore. It's a field of uh, human experience, yeah, the field of relating. We meet each other. Yeah, we meet other human beings from a deep inner dimension of peace, openness, fulfillment. Yeah, which means that we are not seeking the other to fulfill us. We're not seeking the other to make us happy. We're not seeking the other to make us feel loved because all of that is who we are at our core. So we come into meeting each other from that place. That completely transforms <laughs> personal relationship and it transforms all interactions in the world, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> The end. We could stop right there. Amada, you're 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 astonishing sometimes because you 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 have no quarter. That's what I love about you, and I've always have loved about you is you 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 just sort of have a a zen like capacity to cut through the illusion of you know whether it's a recent illusion or a thousand thousand years old. And this is a kind of cutting through that because, I, I mean, I hear you, and of course, I, you know, I'm with you in, the, in 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 this. I've I discovered my my own true solitude and silence within the the context of this relationship, rather because I think you steadfastly or naturally, whichever, you know, when I first encountered you, you were established in the silence and solitude of your being so there's a whole spin-off of conversation from that it's like what it takes is is this a, is this a dance you know that two can actually be involved in or what what you just pointed to was that you know essentially for the human incarnation for the individuation born into or emerging into this existence as we know it it's all relationship it's all relationship, and either those that that all relationship is either unconscious or at some point, unless you're born enlightened, at some point it becomes conscious. It becomes you have to yeah, but that that consciousness has nothing to do with intimate relationship and has everything to do with discovering for oneself solitude and silence regardless of whether there's an intimate relationship or not if it appears it's grace and if it doesn't appear it's also grace 
Yes, and yes, and 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 for me, this was in stark contrast. Yeah, uh, if you like, on one side of the uh, metaphorical fence, I was very needy in relationship. Not only did I need relationship, you know, right up until my. I don't know, around about my 40th year, I needed relationship. I, I yes. needed relationship in order to feel in any way lovable or somehow belonging to something included. Uh, I, I just couldn't uh, in some ways connect with myself without relationship. And so I was needy in relationship. I was needy in, um, well, I wasn't particularly controlling, but perhaps in some subtle way, but I, I, I just needed relationship to, to prove to myself that I was lovable. Worthy, and yeah, worthy. Worthy, absolutely worthy. Yeah. And any rejection in that, any, yes, yes. any arguments, uh, any, you know, disagreement, any difference would be taken as a sign of rejection or unworthiness. So I, uh, and that was a, a primary uh, driving force in my life, um, or one of them at least. And so that was in stark contrast to yeah, something that sort of almost flipped overnight uh, into the grace and fulfillment of aloneness. And again, not just physical aloneness, although that has a role to play in order to discover true solitude, but it wasn't really about that. Uh, it was about the inner aloneness, the inner solitude that brought me face to face, or if you like, a head-on collision with uh, the core structure or belief about abandonment. And somehow that transformed itself. Well, we don't necessarily have to go into the yeah, story yeah, of yeah. that here. Um yeah. Because uh, I've spoken about it so many times, mm-hmm. but just to demonstrate that complete f- contrast, yeah. So suddenly, it, it unexpectedly, um, there was no more need for relationship. There was no more need to find a soulmate, <clears throat> to find love, because the deepest knowing was that I am love. There's nothing to complete. And it it was experienced as an inner marriage that ended all need for any external proof of that. And then, of course, as you know, the miracle in some ways, or the surprise, was that you entered my life shortly after that. And, uh, you know, there was a very clear and obvious invitation from life to enter again the experience of a human intimate relationship, but it was entered in a completely different way, completely different way. And it was, it was, yeah, there was some 
at first a little bit of trepidation. It's like, well, am I falling back into some old pattern here? Mm-hmm. Um, but actually the, the deeper knowing and the deeper impulse was that, no, this is something else. And it was experienced and still is experienced completely differently. Mm. Um, and, and uh, well, we can both testify that that need uh, to be fulfilled by each other is not, yeah, not a see, driving there, element. <laughs> you know, what I, what, what I wanted to, you know, I'm like, I, I, I always want to convey to people that this is no, there, there's no judging state going on here about the unconscious activity of what, you know, of, 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 you know, of what we are, what we get up to in relationship, because we've both experienced it completely. And this is not about a judging that as bad and this is good, but, you know, there is something that's happened here. And if it's happening or happened here, then it's entirely possible and entirely worthy, worthwhile to kind of talk about it. And neither is it positing, oh, enlightened relationship as some kind of edifice, some kind of superhuman kind of place, because we we still relate in and in, in, in have to sort of negotiate in a way. Two human beings who've got different chemistries by, you know, we, we're, we're sort of having an ongoing ordinary relationship. It's just that it's clean all the time. And by clean, I, th- I think I... I mean, the solitude and the silence is at the root of everything that we do. And we both individually and together are uh, in, devoted to that. Above all, above our individuality, I'm not trying to please you. You're not trying to please me. But I am utterly respectful of your solitude and silence at the root of your being. And you are of mine. And so, you know, that's a kind of uh, a, a foundation yeah, but there is something that I just want to kind of go over a little bit because when I came into this relationship, you were that I, I, I would call it, I don't know, clean, let's say. Yeah, there was no, I think you divested of a lot of your karma at that point. And there was a there was a there was a freshness and there was a mirror-like quality, and there was something remarkable about what 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 I met with you. But I, I still had these, that what I call the tentacles that were still, yeah, they were still active. They were still alive. They, there was still neediness going on in me. There was some kind of projection that, you know, these things were, were, weren't vast, but they were still playing themselves out. And um, so we were at different points in our journey towards solitude, let's say. Yeah? Solitude happens when you die. We're both either the death of the ego or the death of the physical form and the and the ego. But we so we are on. You had already become established in that silence, and I was kind of let's say on my journey. Although I didn't even realize it was a journey at that point. So the question is: Do two people? <laughs> can two people negotiate their way? In relationship, what I'm trying to get to is a lot of people are in relationship at the moment, but the relationship is built on because everybody has been built on noise and need. Let's just call it that. One person starts the giddy process of awakening to their silence and solitude. The other person is either lacking, yeah, lagging behind or not interested or whatever it is. What happens in that? Where is that? Mm. Um, 
if I can address it just from our personal experience or my personal experience in our relationship first, um, I think it might be important to highlight that the respect or the protection or the, let's say, honoring of your solitude was in those early stages where, like you say, there was still some uh, unconscious needs and patterns in you. Yeah, that the respect for that solitude was not to try and control you in that, not to tell you you were wrong. <laughs> yeah, so there's no agenda even in that. What's being respected is your journey in that. And if I don't react to it from a place of um, uh, righteousness or sense of yeah. Uh, yeah, rejection in myself yeah. or sense of, oh, there's something wrong with the relationship. Mm. It's not perfect. Yeah, it's not enlightened. That's not what we mean. It's not an, we don't mean a, an enlightened relationship is perfect mm. and that it's super spiritual. Yeah, it, it, uh, there's none of that coming in. So I'm listening and being with you in silence. There's no noise in me in response or in reaction to that. I might be able to see it, but in seeing it, it doesn't have any hook in me. And if it doesn't have any hook in me, it will undo itself as it has done. Mm. So that's allowing you to be on your journey without holding up any sense of I'm more elevated. Yeah. So is that is was was that in a way because you could see the honest movement within me that I was actually you know on a, a a profound journey for myself yeah I think it was yeah I mean <laughs> we were there wasn't a game I wasn't playing a game I was I was responding to the truth of the dynamic of the invitation, which was, you know, wow, I've got, I'm going to have to burn in this, for instance. You know, I remember this burning. Yeah, I think that your your availability yes. to the truth of love was very obvious. And again, I don't mean it in some kind of conceptual or intellectual or even spiritual sense. It's just that when those hooks arose or those tentacles arose and they had nothing to hook into, well, they very quickly undid themselves in you. Yeah. That's your availability. We can call that your, your, that's your karmic journey. Yes. That karma was ready to be undone, which yes. is why you came into the relationship. So the initial impulse from my part to say yes to this relationship was absolutely right. In that way, we serve each other in some way Amazing. and we serve love. Yeah. So, you know, because, of course, if you had come in and yeah, those, those say, tentacles yeah. kept 
kept on, yeah, and there was control and there was, you know, a sort of an emotional violence. Well, very quickly, I would say, no, thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. That's, what, that's exactly what, where, yeah. I was, where I was going with this, because that's the nature of, of the devotion, yeah? The nature, as you've talked about in the teaching a million times, is what is your deepest longing and what is your deepest devotion? This is a profound question that we each kind of need to ask. Yeah. Is it to I need this person or is it to I need fulfillment from the other or from the world or is it to something much deeper, much juicier, whatever the cost, whether one spends one's time alone or not? Yes, that's right. So then the second part of your question when we started this part of the conversation was, well, what about, you know, people who are in a relationship, perhaps one is awakening and developing or turning towards this deeper allegiance, it's coming alive in them, and the other is not so available for this, it's just not part of their journey right now. And again, there's no judgment or right or wrong, that's just the way it is. What can be done is it possible well this is it this is what yeah what you've just said is is kind of the the response to that is if you turn your allegiance to the the truths to the silence to the truth of silence within then you can meet the other from that how they respond to it is up to them that's respecting their solitude <laughs> their singular journey how they respond to it is up to them so if they choose again it's not really a choice from a from a you know intellectual level but somehow the 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 the, the deeper self it it chooses this hears this listens to this is available for this then then something very transformative is likely to happen within that relationship or they may actually react with more um, you know, yes. defense, de- defensiveness, defendedness, more violence, if you like, more demand, more aggression in some way, or more retreat into themselves, not in a diving yeah. into solitude, but retreating into themselves in a way of being detached, being yeah. unavailable, being, yeah, being closed down. In which case, the one who is uh, more attuned to that deeper, uh, to their innermost truth, then it does have a choice to either carry on in that relationship because there's still a need for something or a fear of losing something, or to trust that deeper listening. And really, the, that relationship has has fulfilled its its purpose for yeah yeah. It, we're not until death do us part. No. Yeah, <laughs> where where until death of the ego brings us together, <laughs> really? Yeah, <laughs> that would be a good vow to have. <laughs> be, be, because uh, you know that absolutely, you said that really, really, you know, perfectly. That's that's in that sense. This is this that we're we're uh, we're pointing to and, and calling attention to. Really, is ruthless. It is ruthless, not in the way that's, you know, harsh or cruel or anything, but in a way that is true to the individuation, becomes more true to the individuation in the individual soul, yeah, that's longing to be steeped in truth and in and, and, and wholeness 
of itself. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, truth and, and, and love are radical. Yeah. Yes, They're they radical. Are. You can't. You can't. It can't be half-hearted. You can't have your cake and eat it. It's all of it. <laughs> and I think that uh, you know, again, you, you know, without pointing to Osho too many times, but. You know, he did blow. I remember him blowing a hole in any idea of relationship as a as a as a as a as a, as, a, as, a, as a something stretching beyond when it's alive. It is, you know, a relationship lasts as long as it's alive, as long as it's got a, a vibrancy, as long as it's got some something true in it. And then as soon as it is hijacked in a sense by something else and it turns into the kind of war that's being talked about it's actually over and we're living in a dead place that's right without i don't want to be cruel about it but (laughs) i've lived in a dead place i lived in a relationship for 12 years yeah and and i would say at least 10 of those years were dead and i wasn't just dead she was dead we were both dead and we were living you know like an iceberg with some part of us on the surface but most of us living in the shadow world where we couldn't face the truth of 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 our aloneness or each other's aloneness and it was a it was a nightmare until the titanic crashed into it (laughs) you know the titanic was 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 liberation yeah and the beauty is that when uh, when the commitment is to the truth of the deepest, when the commitment is to the discovery or the allowing of love to reveal itself beyond the need for relationship, then the 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 relationship we have on a, on a, on a human level, the one, yeah, it seems to continue forever. It seems to continue in the eternal now, yeah? and and so there's no, there's no, um, in some ways, there's no reason to to separate <laughs> on a on a human level because it continues in that truth. And it continues in that open field of love. So there's no problem. <laughs> in, in, in some ways, the, you know, the idea of relationship, which is, you know, kind of uh, has, born of a, uh, has been born of a primal procreative impulse, but it was also the unconsciousness of, the, of human uh, the human ancestral past, then relationship really is the story of that, isn't it? The story of relationship is the story of a primal need, a primal procreative impulse, and the unconsciousness of the of of the species without you know mincing words. And I think that you know there is another way, and because if 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 humanity suddenly became awakened let's say a terrible thing to say but if it suddenly mysteriously happened ipso facto relationship would change yes we'd we'd meet each other from from a very different space we'd listen to each other from a very different space and that means that we may be in intimate relationship we may be living with somebody or not 
it, it, it'll sort of uh, rebalance itself in some ways. And then you, then the question arises, well, why would you be living with anyone at all? Well, then, then, then we have uh, sort of uh, an, a possibility of the purpose of relationship, which yeah. will not be for safety, security, uh, procreation, although it may include the conscious uh, uh, bringing up of a child or bringing a child into the world, but the space of the relationship from this, from this, if you like, uh, inner transformation will be one that supports the solitude and the integrity and the sovereignty of that child. Again, that unconscious control and agenda uh, and so on won't be brought into the relationship with the child. So then the, 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 the relationship between two individuals who perhaps, let's say, live together and interact, collaborate, negotiate, yes, all on a human level, earthly level, supports the nurturing of that new life in a, in a, in a if you like, different way or a certainly deeper way or a more, more integral way than the unconscious relationship that is very prevalent <laughs> in, 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 our relationship with with children or with offspring very often, not always, but very often. Yeah. So that's one purpose. So it does have a procreative quality to it, but it's not an unconscious procreation. Um, and, and another reason for being with somebody, living with somebody is again, another purpose opens up, it reveals itself beyond the need for safety and security and all the other things that we were talking about. Um, which is it, it could flower as a as a as a actual collaboration, yeah, uh, uh, an endeavor, an enterprise, a project, uh, something that you put into the world, a service, uh, um, uh, a cre- something creative that is a joint. It comes jointly, and 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 that's a very beautiful thing that can flower. So so that so that. Um, inner wholeness and sanctity yes it manifests in the world so it's inner and outer and and again that changes well that would change the whole um <laughs> structure of humanity in some ways wouldn't it <laughs> as yours as you're as you're sitting here i'm sort of vibrating with a, a sudden you know ridiculous but a vision of of a completely transformed humanity in its in its way of relating to each other because it would be you know what i hear because i i personally i don't have much time for the nuclear idea the nuclear the the, the idea of the nuclear family because i think it's created these uh, pockets of suffering uh, over history over time and uh, marginalized, isolated these separate individuals, not only separate individuations, but separate pockets of individuations which have their own rules and whether they're healthy or usually unhealthy, their whole dynamics, and actually each one separated from, from the whole. Yeah, and it, it is to me, I, I, I'm just seeing that it's, 
it's not it's not not functional it doesn't work it's certainly not generally speaking harmonious and what i'm you know in my heart or somewhere in my vision my aquarian vision the visionaryness i see a, a whole different way but it has to be steeped in in the harmony and that harmony has to be within Yes, I, I, I see that too. I, I don't think it's far-fetched. I mean, it seems far-fetched right now, given the human condition and the, and the, the global condition, both on, on an individual and collective level. Um, but but it, it's not far-fetched when we recognise that it's actually available to each of us. Con- unconsciousness can flip <laughs> into consciousness very quickly. Once it does, it's it's radical, it's complete. Yeah. And then how we relate will automatically change. Um, and it'll be very natural. It's not, you know, uh, some far-reaching idea. It's actually yeah. very natural. Yeah. That's extraordinary. So, yeah. yeah, it's well, extraordinary see, to imagine that. <laughs> you see, for... for- for me, that 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 points to uh, willingness. The willingness you you held some you 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 were something. You held some fire, and you held true. You held true to that fire, yeah. And that fire then ignited something in me that I chose through willingness to burn through. Let's say, and now. I have that fire and I ignite others with it because I'm in relationship. I'm in relationship with a client. I'm in a relationship with you know, my neighbor. I'm in a relationship with every single entity. Yeah. And my, my solitude emanates through the very essence of who I am. So it, it, is it so far away? I'm not sure whether it's so far away. We think it's so far away because we're always spending time thinking, but actually, you know, the mm. the fire is close, and and that's right. And we wouldn't talk about this if it wasn't so uh, kind of exquisite. To be honest, there's an ordinary exquisiteness about your solitude and the respect and love I have for it, and my solitude and the respect and love I have for my solitude. That's right, and 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 I think that's that's true. That when we meet others. Um, you know, in, in the ordinary, everyday interactions, um, we we do meet them from that silence. We're not yeah. foisting our opinions and our agendas and all of that into uh, what may become a friendship or may not become a friendship. It may be just a friendship in the moment and then you've moved on. We don't come with that. So in that sense, we... Uh, we're not uh, uh, bringing need into any friendship and we're allowing the other to be just as they are and listening to to their to the to the quietness of their innermost even if they're they're not aware of it yeah, <laughs> yeah. even and, if and they're this, noisy, yeah <laughs> yeah that's right and that means that um there's a there's a there's a there's a true meeting in that momentary or you know for a period of time and and then and then that's it yeah 
And that person may, that friendship may come back into our lives and perhaps it'll flower into something or perhaps not, and none of it matters. And so from that place, one doesn't get into entanglements. One doesn't get into arguments. One doesn't get into uh, feeling left out socially or (laughs) in any other way. Uh, There's no need to belong to anything to a group, to a, yeah, that's very tribal, even belonging to a family, that's very tribal. That's right. So this is like a transforming of the tribal nature of the human condition. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. And when you don't need to belong to a tribe, your deepest belonging is to the truth. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about. That changes everything. And in that deepest belonging, we all belong to the same. We all belong in the one as the one. And that ends the war of tribalism. (laughs) It ends the war of tribalism. Right. which, Which is the dominant mindset psychological, emotional, and spiritual mindset of the majority of the conditioned state, whether it's on the political level or the personal collective level. That's right. And that need, that tribal mindset, unconscious though it is, or because it's unconscious, is the need to find fulfilment by belonging, by agreeing ideologically or in some action or in some idea of some unit, whether it's a family unit, a, a, a national unit, or, mm. or, yeah, that's, that stems ultimately from a sense of lack, yeah. a sense of go. incompleteness. So the root of it is know thyself, know thy true nature that is indivisible, undivided, not lacking. It is fulfilled in and of itself because beingness does not need to be added to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my dear, every conversation that we have, I think every podcast that we've had has ended up ends up pretty much at the same place. Well, which it is has that, to be. That, that awakening within, being true to within, is the only true journey. It's the only solution to any problem. <laughs> Can't negotiate your way out of this one. Love consists of this, two solitudes that meet, protect and greet each other. I hold this to be the highest task of a bond between two people, that each should stand guard over the solitude of the other. How Rilke came to that realisation without being steeped in non-duality or embodied enlightenment or Advaita is quite extraordinary because it conveys a, a, a kind of insight and awareness that is 
beyond the conventional. And uh, and per- personally, when I discovered that, I was in awe of the of the clarity of that. Mm-hmm. Those those statements. So I'd hats off and much respect to Rilke for that. Um, yeah. Well, I think if if you know uh, if you uh, you know without following any you know spiritual path or seeking awakening, if you dive in and dive in and examine the nature or the the root of misery within oneself, then you will come to a deep realization of your essential nature. Hmm. Well, you, you like have to go through, you have to get to the, 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 the bottom, to the main pin, to the the bottom level as it were. Yeah. Yes. And some of those, uh, you know, individuals with a philosophical uh, inquiry looking into the human condition, born of their own misery, yeah, their mm. own suffering. Um, and I can't remember the exact details of Rilke's, no. you know, life. Um, but, uh, you know, that, you know, that, that, uh, that the suffering itself, when it's truly examined, um, can, can reveal what the main pin is that holds yeah. it all together. And uh, one can call that spiritual uh, or one can call that uh, uh, the, the willingness to, to examine the root of suffering. That's yeah. the end of it, really. <laughs> yeah, I discovered that with the, uh, with the existentialists. Yes, exactly. Same thing. I, I, I discovered that many 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 years ago when i was a teenager with the existentialist that probably conspired to set me on on the journey because they were down at misery many of them yes. the french existentialists were down in the gutter on misery certainly sartre was and he had no uh, way of reconciling that yeah uh, yes and some of them broke through to true nature and some of them didn't yeah Oh, yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, I think we've reached the the point of no return in this particular conversation. <laughs> we could take off and, and, and go on some other route, but we're not going to for this one. Um, okay. Is there, I think that's is, good. It's beautiful. Yeah. If, uh, you know, anybody's ever interested in in dissecting, looking at, or exploring this in a deeper kind of more, not methodical is not the right word, but we don't do anything methodical, but a deeper inquiry into relationship. We're running a course on relationship in the, in the future. Um, so come, come and take a look at Emoda's website, but this is complete in and of itself. And uh, these are a joy for us, these conversations. It's always a joy for me uh, exploring the, the, the world of Amodamar and uh, trying to get the juice. Yeah, the bottom line here. Beautiful. Thank you. Are you good? I'm very good. Okay. In that case, friends, um, thank you so much for joining us. We hopefully won't leave it so long before we uh, we put another podcast together. I know Amoda's uh, speaking with somebody 
next week or the week after. Ellen, so yes, Ellen, Ellen Emmett. Emmett, who we've had on before, and that's a delight. And uh, that'll be different from listening to the endless stream of my voice. Um, <laughs> whether you like it or not, I don't care. <laughs> um, Amoda, I think there's a couple of words or a few words we have to say just to satisfy us and everybody else. I'll see you in the kitchen. Oh, God. It's like oh. a cliche now, isn't it? <laughs> However, I, I will see you in the kitchen. And uh, thank you so much. I love you deeply, deeply. And I do respect your solitude. However, we're all going to adjourn to the kitchen uh, for a piece of toast or something such thing. Um, I know. Uh, thank you very no, much, everybody. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Be well. Bye-bye. Beautiful.